Welcome to Finish Well Radio, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Radio. We're so excited that you're with us today. And today I have my dear, dear friend, Laura Nolette, who is always part of the show. But she is usually on the back end doing some of the tech stuff. So, Laura, welcome. It's so good to have you with me today. Thank you, Meredith. I'm really excited about being here. Today, Laura and I are going to talk about something that we love, and that is doing fun things. No, really, we're talking about enrichment classes, and they have been such a huge part of our homeschooling, and so they've really rounded out our kids' education, and so we thought it would make a great show to talk about our experiences, and then that would kind of get your creativity going, and you can see what's available for you and your children. So without further ado, we will jump right in. Enrichment classes are the classes that we have done with our kids or taken our kids to other people to do with them that are either serious classes that don't work so well alone. Your kids do better in a lab, for instance, with other kids, other students, other parents working with them, more people the merrier. And they can have fun and make friends that, but some of these were also those kinds of classes that made my husband scratch his head and say that you're calling school <laughs> so, exactly <laughs> and so and it was school the kids were learning things they just weren't the normal you know reading writing and arithmetic they were fun and educational good and that's one of the things about enrichment classes is that they're beyond the core subjects you know we we're we love history we love science we love English we love writing and reading and we love math Laura loves math especially <laughs> and um, but there's so much more to learn and explore some of the reasons that enrichment classes have been such a blessing to us is because they teach our kids life skills they cultivate their gifts and talents and we're going to go into a lot of that because a lot of our children are musical and also some of our kids have been really gifted in sports and we're going to talk about that they've also cultivated some lifelong hobbies and they've exposed our kids to new things and they've also given us the opportunity to take a break we've been able to have some really cool moms be part of our enrichment experience and we've just kind of some of the things we've learned right along with our kids and it's been an opportunity for all of us to build friendships like Laura said there's some things that are just more fun in a bigger group and we've had a lot of cool experiences over the years with those enrichment classes all the classes that we've done with our kids at Friday Enrichment classes can fall under major categories, we can call them. This is the organization geek in me coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're thinking about the things you do with your kids, there are 
some things that work better in enrichment classes that actually are still part of the core curriculum. Things like science labs. The science classes are part of your core curriculum, but you may find, okay, I understand the biology, but I can't stand doing the labs. I can't handle watching them cut open a worm. And so you get them involved in an enrichment program that has a biology lab. One year, Meredith and I tag team taught a chemistry lab. I would take a couple of weeks and teach the labs out of the Apologia textbook, and then Meredith would do a ton of research and find fun labs, like the time <laughs> they did the Mentos and Coca-Cola. Yes, I love it. Um, where you drop a Mentos, diet Coca-Cola works the best, but you drop a... Mentos chewy mints into a two liter bottle of diet coca-cola and it shoots out like this incredible fountain and you can look that up on the internet they have all these neat videos of people doing like Las Vegas style fountains out of these coca-cola <laughs> bottles the kids had a blast with that course their parents had taught them the chemistry classes at home and so all we had to do was what I think is the fun part, but a lot of parents find that a little too challenging. And another thing we're experimenting with this year at an enrichment program, we call it math club. Math classes are very specialized. You have to have kids divided up in their levels, so you normally can't mix into a a big homeschool group, a math class, I mean, unless it's so big, you have a class full of, you know, first graders, second graders, third graders, but our group is not that big. But we have some fundamental needs for math skills, so we've put together a bunch of fun games. I know it sounds weird to talk about fun math games. There probably many of you think that's impossible, but the kids are having a blast. But they're learning their fundamental skills of mathematics that everybody needs, multiplication, division, fractions, through games. And so it's a fun, I mean, I've had a couple of them come say it's their favorite class. I think that's just because there's no homework. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lord, that reminds me of math counts. We had all of our children take math counts in middle school with our homeschool support group that we were part of. And wow, what a blessing. Math Counts is put on by the American Engineering Association, and they have competitions. If you've ever been into sports and you've been to a wrestling tournament or a baseball tournament or something like that, you know how teams compete against other teams. And this is what Math Counts is like. They also have individual competitions, but it's really an exciting, fun way to learn math. And we found that all of our children made it through to very high-level maths in high school, and I really think that a big part of it was taking math counts with our friend Andy, who was an engineer, or is still an engineer, at Lockheed, and so we're, we're really grateful for that. It was kind of a course, kind of a club, but definitely exposed our children to the joy and fun of mathematics. So some of the really fun enrichment classes that we've actually taught together, one of them was drama, and we had so much fun with drama. But Meredith, tell us about your first drama class, because you said you had a, was she a professional? I did. Well, she was. She was actually an actress, and she had majored in um, 
drama, acting, whatever you major in for that. In college, at a very well-known school, which I'm sorry I don't remember the name of. And so she needed an assistant, and I was basically like her bouncer. You know, I'd say, okay, guys, sit down, listen. But she was so good, and I thought... There is no way I could ever teach drama because she was so excellent and she just, she taught them all these different things. And then after that, remember, there was another lady who taught drama to Juliana, Zach, and uh, Marla. Marla. And um, Marla's kind of like a daughter, but we're not stealing her from you, Sandy, in case you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Um, anyway, they took drama from another more on the professional end, or at least high-level amateur end, and they did scenes from plays, and they learned to do different accents and voices and monologues and all kinds of things. And so I just kind of sat back like, oh, wow, I'm so glad they're talented people like that. And then I think, Laura, you suggested that we teach trauma together. Well, because I had drama in high school, I was very involved in that, and so I had a little bit of skill and a little bit of knowledge in the area. Definitely more than a little. <laughs> so I thought we could handle it, and I think we brainstormed about, well, what will we do in this class, and we thought about our church is always looking for evangelistic, creative opportunities, and we thought, well, this is a Christian homeschool group. These are Christian families. We'll tell them up front that we're going to plan to put together some street evangelism, some little skits the kids can present and use as an evangelistic tool. So everybody who was interested in being part of that kind of a drama class signed up for the class, and we had a big group that year. We had a huge group. We had a huge group. And I thought, okay, yes, it's pretty cool to learn drama from a professional, but we really were able to teach the kids a lot. And one of the things that Laura did is she came up with all of these games to start the class with, but purpose of drama games is to actually work on your diction, your voice projection, knowing like what part of the stage is what and stuff like that. So we really had a good time. We always opened with a really fun game and I think at Christmas time we did some Christmas skits and then the end of the year was the, were these evangelistic skits and we ended up being able to get involved with a teen outreach place that was putting on a whole night so our kids got to perform there. So it was definitely not the usual, okay, everybody come and watch the play at the the co-op church where we're meeting. It was more of an out there trying to win the loss kind of thing, which I thought was super cool. So anyway, we taught again a few years later a drama class in our church homeschool co-op, and we actually published that. So it, that's in the show notes. If you're listening and you're interested in purchasing our drama book, you can look that up. It's very simple to teach. It's very simple stuff, but it will really give your kids a taste of drama. Meredith had mentioned earlier that we have musically talented <laughs> children in our families, and so we both believe in owning and taking care of instruments and so we both fill our houses with various instruments we both have pianos and guitars and I have flutes in my house we have electric bass guitars both of us 
And, you know, if our kids ever came to us and said, I'd be interested in playing such and such an instrument, we'd find a way to get that in the house, yes. too. For my son's 13th birthday, we bought him a drum set. In our own homes, we've done a lot, but there's so little a student can do at home alone. I've had some kids talk about, yeah, my mom bought me this guitar, but I just can't learn the guitar from a book. And so we have seen that enrichment programs have been really great for beginning guitar students. One year, Meredith taught a wow. beginning guitar class to, I think it was fourth and fifth and sixth graders. Yes. And that same hour, I was teaching a bells class. Yes to the um, kindergarten through third grade. <laughs> it was so much fun, but they thought I had lost my mind because they're those kind of bells that each bell is a different note, and each student has one bell, and, and we worked on songs, but we always began the class with everybody grabbing two bells and just ringing it as hard as they can. And I was teaching them <laughs> how to follow directions, okay? Everybody play, and blang, 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 and then stop, and I do a little symbol for stop, and they'd all stop and stare at me, waiting anxiously for me to tell them to go again. And so poor Meredith is trying to get her kids to tune their guitars. Pluck, pluck, pluck. Bang, 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 bang. Pluck, pluck, pluck. <laughs> That's right. She was on the other side of the wall. But what is funny is if as she listens to my podcast, she'll know that I just step out on the water. Like, I am definitely Peter. I am not a guitar player. You know, <laughs> I'm really not. But I thought, of course, I know basic chords. I can strum basic strums. So I decided to teach this guitar class. And my favorite part of it was at the end, this one student in my class just took off. Nothing to do with me. He just took off on his own. He had that natural ability. And so at the very end, when we did our performance at Fine Arts Night, the father came up to me and he said, Oh my goodness, you've had such an impact on my son. You must be an amazing guitar player. He's just improved so much. And I had the grace to blush because, of course, it had nothing to do with me. But it did show me something. There were a bunch of kids that played guitar that year. And some of them never went on with guitar, but that little boy just hit his sweet spot and he moved on to really embrace music and guitar playing. And so there he was in, in fifth grade. And so I just think it's neat how classes like that, they open children up to experience something in music or in some other area. And who knows what talents our children have until they try something. That class had worked so well for both of us that Meredith and I decided to put our hand to teaching a, really it was Music 101 songwriting. Right. It was a focus on songwriting. To get to writing songs with the students, we had to teach them some music theory and other things about music appreciation to understand where songwriters of the past had come from and how we've gotten to where we are today with songwriting. So we were able to work with kids and pull together a bunch of information for the kids, but we put it in a way we had so much fun. We had some really talented musicians and songwriters join that class. And so you could look for things like that. Things like a band. You can't do a band. Right. With you're just one or, person. Or a choir. A band or a choir needs a bigger group of people. Now, if you have 
a huge family, <laughs> you can have a built-in band. But, you know, I only had four kids, and so our band was a little thin. Although one year for a talent show, my entire family got up on stage, and we sang and played the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. So we have a little band. <laughs> that was so cute. And then that's, okay, so you're thinking, why on earth were we getting into songwriting? Well, because uh, Jenny Rose was writing songs, my daughter, and then Laura's son started a little band, you know, a garage band. Every teenage boy has to be part of a garage band sometime in his life, or at least most of them, and unless they're heavy into sports or something like that. And so Zach had this garage band, and he was writing songs. And so it, it, it was just, we saw, wow. Our kids are so young, but they're already, they're writing songs, and we can actually help develop and cultivate this talent, and there are probably other people that want to do that. So in, in music, it's been phenomenal, because all several of our children have learned to do sound. They've been part of the sound team at church, where they had sound lessons and learned about signal flow and all that kind of stuff, which is honestly physics. Don't tell the kids that, but it, it, it is physics. And then they learned to mix sound. They learned to set up a stage and tear down a stage. And we were somewhere in Germany, and Shine has done sound for years, but she, it's not her dream thing to do sound. But we were in Germany, and we were in a situation where the sound person wasn't there, and so Shine was able to just, like, pick up everything and set stuff up and set levels and all that. And I thought, isn't that cool? Because here's, here we are in a foreign country. Music is the universal language and sound, you know, getting the sound out. So it was pretty cool that she was able to do that. And it, it just goes back to that training in middle school when she took sound. Not only that, but several of our children were on the worship team playing instruments or singing. And that's a whole different experience because not only are you learning music, but you're also growing in your walk with the Lord and learning how to worship Him and how to invite other people to worship Him. So that was like, you know, music and spiritual and really growing in godly leadership so that was a really exciting thing too so laura i think this would be true would you say like in our lives in our home schools probably the biggest amount of enrichment learning has been in music outside of our core subjects i would say probably we've spent a lot of time with music yeah. it's always been really important to both of us and and our kids love it and it's so funny because some of the times my husband and I bought guitars for our boys when they were really young and they did nothing with them and then he got frustrated with waiting on them to use it and one day we were at a music store for something with the worship team and my son had sat down at the drum set with the headphones on I've been playing music I was in symphonies and playing music since I was four years old so I can watch his hands and see the the tempo and and know what he's doing basically even without hearing him so I told my husband you need to go put on his headphones with him and listen to what he's playing because I could see it and he hadn't had lessons at that point or he I guess had had a couple but he didn't have any instrument at home to practice with and his rhythm was perfect and he was moving all over the drum set and I knew whatever was going on was very interesting and pleasing and sure enough my husband who had been saying I'm not buying him drums he never played the guitar I played him I mean I bought him <laughs> went over and listened to him and 
came back to me, his birthday's coming up, we need to buy him drums. <laughs> so, it just, the kids have, have, it's their timing, not mine. And so that's one thing that I found with the instruments and, and the music with the children. If you're passionate about it, like Meredith and I are, it doesn't mean your kids are the first time you present it to them. But if they have the opportunity to be involved with like an enrichment program that has these pro, um, these classes, they may realize, oh, I really am interested in that. I just needed to hear it from somebody else or see it done a different way. Right. I was a flute player for my youth, and my kids, none of them were interested in the symphony or playing the flute. And so for them, it wasn't that big of a deal. I had let my piano skills lap so it's not like I was at home playing the piano all the time as an example for them so none of my kids are really interested in that either but they found their stride and they found their instrument and they found their interest in music and each of them has the different style of music they like and so they they tend towards going in that direction that's awesome let's change gears we're going to talk now about bible and with that apologetics and worldview teaching and you know I consider that really necessary in the day and age we live because we live in a culture that it's like it seems day by day our culture is rejecting the Bible more and adopting a secular new age type of worldview rather than a biblical worldview which was around at the beginning of America and has kept its flavor in the culture for quite a long time well now that flavor is slowly or quickly disappearing so it's very important to me that my children know what the bible says and how it applies to all of life i remember signing up one of my daughters for a worldview class called thinking like a christian and they ended up going through some videos and some workbooks and then a few years later the leadership team of the support group asked me would you mind teaching this and I said sure so I, I did I showed the videos and we did the workbooks and then I found that the author had also written a book called understanding the times which was a very hefty book but once I read that book and it took me a while to read it I was just hooked on that book because it addresses every subject and what the Bible has to say about it but also what humanists say, what communists say, what New Agers say, what Muslims say. So you're looking at all these different subjects like psychology and philosophy and sociology from a biblical perspective as well as other people's perspectives. So it really helped my children get ready for college. And, you know, because as a Christian parent, I was raising my children from a Christian academic point of view, but when they went to college, they were exposed to so many different worldviews that were being really like rammed down their throat. So we actually have offered classes like that at our church for adults. And anytime we offer classes at our church, anyone who wants to take them can. And many of our teens and preteens take these classes and they end up getting homeschool credit for it. And so that's been a really exciting thing to learn about worldviews and we've ended up it's gone from something oh yeah that sounds great to something that we've said okay all of our children need to go through this teaching we have the blessing of Meredith's husband being a pastor and a gifted teacher and he has 
made time in his schedule every year for years now mm-hmm. to teach a Bible class or a character class to our homeschool co-op and he taught godly manhood and it and it covered a lot of aspects of just things about being a man and they were all biblical concepts that were supportive but it practical things as well and our friend Sarah was teaching basically a parallel class to the girls so sometimes they would all meet together when it was something that's not specific to gender but whenever it was specific to gender they would split up boys and girls and cover their material separately and it was a huge blessing to all of us to have those character classes but I've also been sitting in on his Bible classes that he's been teaching lately and last year he taught us cold case Christianity Mm -hmm. and um, that was a lot of fun going through he actually used a book of the same name and another book I don't have enough faith to be an atheist oh right so it was about apologetics about how to believe the Bible is true faith is so incredibly important but the truth is we don't have blind faith we're not stupidly following some fictional stories which is what atheists will try to claim about us we actually have really good reason to know that what we believe is true we believe it because it's in the Bible but then God keeps giving us all this Mm. proof so that we know it's true if the evidence is out there an actual cold case police detective wrote a book because he decided one day he knows Christians he was an atheist and he started thinking you know what I need to give the question case for Christ did the same kind of thing I want to give the question of is this Christ of the Christians real an honest evaluation a case for Christ he was a reporter who addressed it like a story he was investigating this guy approached it like a mystery that he was trying to solve a cold case both of them became Christians for their efforts that was just wow I went into a lot more detail than I meant to but that was was a really great class and this year he's teaching us how to study the Bible which sounds like duh we all know how to study the Bible oh no we don't (laughs) so we've only had one month of classes and another um, mom is in there with me we're taking the class along with the teenagers and she and I both keep looking at each other this isn't just sitting down and reading the passage (laughs) this is not what I've ever done before and wow it opens up so much more of the Bible to me and it's not just reading the Bible and coming up with your own idea about what that means people get into so much trouble doing that this is real legitimate studying the Bible taking from the Bible what it says not putting into it what I think so that's a great class if you can find someone that will teach you a class like that or teach your kids a class like that that would be such a great enrichment to their education I love that Laura I love I love all those Bible classes and I think for us Bible is really core I know most people think of them as more of an enrichment I'm so grateful that we've given our kids a firm foundation in the Word of God. Lastly, just some great, in the realm of what the Bible says about things, Dave Barton has some great videos about the Bible and government, and they are just amazing. And Dave Stotts has some great videos called Drive Through History, and uh, several of them on church history, Bible history, and just he goes places in his little car, and he's funny and interesting, and the kids love him. And so 
we've had several family nights where the entire families have gotten together and we've all watched these videos for a set of weeks and we've given credit to our children for doing that because it's just it's very scholarly and accurate and just really fun really fun to dig into I'm going to segue into a new subject category by telling you something that actually is about Bible. With Meredith and I, we try to do a lot with our kids to encourage them to be evangelistic. Expanding the kingdom of God is so incredibly important to God and to us. And so one of the things that we have our children do is learn foreign languages. And it's not just to fulfill some tick on their transcript. It's not just to get them credit so that they look more attractive to colleges. The most important aspect of it is so that if they're called by the Lord to go into another country which speaks something other than English, they need to be able to speak something other than English. And we found that if they go out and learn Spanish or take Latin, not only will they learn about that language, but they will actually change the way they think about language and about speaking and be kind of primed to learn another language. And so you don't hear a lot of talk about that, but once you learn a language that structures differently than your own, like English is not structured the same as Spanish. French and Spanish are very much alike, but English is not like Spanish. So when you start learning about how the language for Spanish is structured so differently, your your thinking kind of changes about that. And so you could go on to a totally different type of language like Chinese or Russian. And just because you've learned how to change the way you think about language, you can do it into those languages. And one of the things that I've done in my house is if anybody in my house learns a language other than English, I go out and buy a Bible in that language. Oh, cool. And so, like, sometimes when I'm doing my How to Study the Bible homework, I print up the same scripture in French because that's what I've learned. And I will read it in French. If I don't know a word already, I look it up and I compare the English to the to the French scripture. Sometimes I don't have to look up the word somewhere else. I can figure it out from comparing it. <laughs> Reading the Bible is a really good way to strengthen their skills in foreign language. Enrichment programs offer foreign language classes and they're really a good thing for your kids to get involved with. I love that and you know we did our first Florida unit study and we had a South American mom join our co-op and so we of course thought oh she's going to have to teach Spanish so we had little Spanish classes for the young kids and then when our kids got older they took Spanish all kinds of ways one of my daughters took it on Florida virtual school but most of them took it at SSC and we ended up getting to know the Spanish professor and she became a family friend so it was such a good experience Um, but we've tried all kinds of different curriculums and what we found is that a class a class setting, even if it's just a small group, really helps the kids to learn it better because they communicate with one another and there's a sense of energy in that. So yes, Rosetta Stone does work and Rosetta Stone is awesome, but it's nice to have some 
interaction with other people who are learning the language too. One thing to keep in mind when you're talking about foreign language, it's not just for high schoolers. As a matter of fact, the younger the child is, the more brain connections are still developing. They actually can learn language really well when they're even preschool. I mean, think about it. We all learn to speak when we're one, two, three years old. So it should make sense that a child can learn another language at those very young ages. And one year we had Katie Beth teaching the preschoolers a Spanish class and I was her aide so I was sitting in on it and like I said before I learned French not Spanish but I know some Spanish because I've always been around people who speak it and so I know just a little bit I know enough that I need to pronounce everything really bad that way they know I don't really speak Spanish (laughs) and they won't try to talk to me in Spanish because I won't keep up with that but one day she was sick and I was asked to take over the class for her and it was so funny because we were just doing counting and so we uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis and then I went completely blank on what's the word for seven and I kept saying it in French instead of in Spanish (laughs) and so finally there was a a construction worker doing um, remodeling on the building and he yells from the back of the sanctuary siete We just had such a big laugh about it that, you know, so, but the point is, even if you're not really good at speaking Spanish, you can work with little kids and then probably end up teaching you something about it. That that (laughs) is super true. Very true. And that brings us to another great enrichment program class, and that's art classes. Yes. The most recent art class that we were involved in enrichment classes was a professional artist offered to teach acrylic painting to our co-op and I sat in on that class I wanted to learn about painting and that was so much fun she went to college for art and she has worked professionally as an acrylic painter and was teaching us all kinds of really wonderful skills and we were able to sit together at big tables and had tarps everywhere so we wouldn't destroy the room and we painted together and we had the benefit of her skill and we could encourage one another that was like the big rule in the class you have to be encouraging to one another if you can't find anything good to say about their painting don't say anything and of course these (laughs) kids were so great they all had something really good to say and I think having one another painting with us encourage us all to paint better. We've taken the kids to our enrichment program that we've gone to and they learned watercolor painting. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had other acrylic art classes. We've found some really great art curriculum over the years. Some do art appreciation. Be careful if you're trying to put together art appreciation on your own because there's a lot of garbage out there on the internet about artists and musicians of the past for that matter and you need to make sure that you're looking at several sources not going to wikipedia and getting you know whoever is throwing in their opinion about something and claiming it's the truth look around and find find real reputable sources there's different museums around the world that offer free um, images of great art and so you can 
look at all these great painters know that there's a lot of artists over the years that have painted pornography and called it art and said well it can't be pornography because it's art but pornography is pornography so make sure you screen any pictures that you're looking up before you show them to your children we have had some art appreciation classes that I did with Meredith I'm really good with image editing programs on a computer and I've add dresses to classic pieces of art or blurred out sections of a painting so that our children are looking at nudity but the piece itself was an important piece that we needed to talk about so I took the extra time one time I had purchased and this is a separate subject my I had purchased a an anatomy coloring book for my children not realizing it that it had naked pictures in the back of it and so my daughter she went and took a permanent marker and drew bathing suits on all the people so, their, <laughs> so her brothers wouldn't see it. <laughs> so, but you as a mom and dad can do that for your kids. Screen your books and your images and clothe those people if they're naked. <laughs> Amen. I agree with that. And that brings us to PE. You know, I like to work out. I like to do Zumba. I used to run until I was 30. I ran a couple miles every day. I enjoyed tennis, ballet. A lot of the physical activity that I really enjoy, I can do by myself because I could even just get a Zumba video and do it. But it's really a challenge sometimes as homeschool mom to find like how do they participate in team sports. So our kids have been part of the YMCA teams. They have played on local city teams. And they've done everything from baseball to basketball to football to soccer to swimming. And we've just done all these different things. Zach had a birthday party years ago. I, I don't know if he was a preteen or a teen. And we played soccer. And afterwards, everyone played. Like the adults and the children and the teens and the young adults. Everyone played together. And we had so much fun. So... Zach said, why don't we have Sunday sports? Because at the time, we were meeting for church on Saturday night. So we decided to start having Sunday sports. We would get up Sunday morning and we'd go play sports. And let me tell you, the first week my husband and I played, the next morning it took us 20 minutes to walk down the stairs. We discovered muscles we didn't remember we had. But it was really a fun thing. And it was a great way to do team sports because there were enough adults playing that it kept tempers in check and people behaving you know there there wasn't uh, there was no bad talk or things like that that you can run into unlike local high school teams and things like that so that was something really special I do want to give a disclaimer about Sunday sports and a warning if you try to put together something like this we did have to call the ambulance more than once to Sunday sports. So you do need to make sure that you're dealing with families that are going to work together and understand these kinds of things happen. I, I hate to be like this, but we do live in a very litigious society and you need to make sure you're playing something like this with people that will under, be understanding and not sue you if they get injured they take their personal responsibility if you have to involve legal release forms which at one point we did have to do when the church took it over as a 
as a function of the church. And so just be careful about it. It can especially when you've got these vast ages working together to play, some people get very aggressive and they don't mean to hurt anybody. But when you're a middle-aged woman and you're running along and a brick wall of a human just stops in front of you, you might get hurt. <laughs> True. And, and another, another thing that uh, along that way, several of the times that ambulances were called it was simply for dehydration and one thing in Florida that we have learned the hard way is people have to stay hydrated when we do sports and that is like the biggest challenge so coolers of waters and constant like water breaks things like that you think in Florida we would just know that <laughs> but um, one other thing that was really um, fun was that we had Bonnie, our friend Bonnie had a an enrichment class and they covered nutrition and they did step aerobics and all these exercises and our kids started eating vegetables and salads and it was really fun. So those are just all things that you can do for PE. Having a lot of girls, we did a lot of dancing and we did ballet they took lessons at a studio they also went to dance camps and we even took jazz we took jazz dancing my daughters and i took jazz dancing at a community school and that had classes you know just for the community oh and then our kids all got into old english country dancing for a couple of years and we had some old english country dances and and that's great exercise too so anyway physical physical fitness physical education there's there's a lot of ways that you can get that in but you have to think outside the box a little bit so we move from being physical and moving our bodies into something much less, <laughs> and that's public speaking. Now, they have to stand, but they don't have to run around to do that. Yes. But um, it's an important subject, we believe, for, we're going to go back, you're going to hear us repeat this again and again, but for evangelism. The children right. need to know how to speak in front of people which is public speaking. Yes. Fortunately, most communities in America have 4-H programs around, and they right. have an excellent yes. public speaking program. Um, if you put together your own club, they have the materials for you to teach the class yourself. Some of them even offer the classes, which is the local one here. 4-H when I was a kid, we all thought of 4-H's, you know, right over there with future farmers. We didn't know what it was. And so I lived in a suburb and a city, and so it was foreign to us. So if you're, if you're one of those people like I always was, 4-H is probably not what you think. It's a great educational program, and they have. They actually have all kinds of materials that you can put together, a 4-H club of your own, of your home school group, which actually we did one year. Yeah, entire that was awesome. Our entire entire homeschool co-op was at the 4-H club building and um, we used their materials for teaching a bunch of different classes and because we were doing it anyway we entered some of the kids projects into the fair at the end of yep. the year and and things like that and so the kids won awards for their work in um in public speaking, um, among other things, your local co-op may be offering something of a public speaking class. And I think it's really important for you to take advantage of that if you have it offered to you. 
I agree. I agree. I think public speaking is a fundamental life skill, and you just never know. We ended up, for several years, we hosted a homeschool high school convention called Finish Well, and most of our children actually spoke at those in some of the workshops. And so they went from being in middle school and offering to pay us money to not <laughs> so they wouldn't have to go. We'd, I hate that, you know. And and then they ended up speaking in front of groups of people. So really came a long way. And, of course, when, you, you know, they were speaking in front of people about the Lord and really impacting them for the glory of God. So we're going to end our last enrichment, and there's so much to cover with this. We're just going to cover some, but we're going to talk about homemaking. That's kind of homemaking skills, and they're not just for girls. Guys love to cook. Many of the best chefs in the world are cooks. I'm going to start with just mentioning my friend Steve, who passed away two years ago, but he was a chef, an amazing chef. And he actually taught his children as a course for several years everything he knew. And so now he has gone on to heaven, but he's left behind a daughter and a son who can really cook. And so they are a blessing to us. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of different ways that we have enjoyed cooking in our homeschool. Another skill that both boys and girls should learn, at least fundamental, is sewing. And most of my sons, if need be, could repair a button falling off of a piece of clothing or other real simple sewing projects. Because, among other reasons, my mother taught my daughter and any of my sons that wanted to be around to to help out how to sew and it's something we didn't specifically name but if you've got generations in your family that have skills that they can pass on maybe you never learned to sew from your mother but maybe she would be interested in teaching your children how to sew so don't forget about grandmas and grandpas my dad taught my sons how to do woodworking and my daughter because sometimes she would go out there and join them in the garage and my mom taught um, my kids how to sew and so most of my sons well all three of my sons have a fiance or a wife that can probably do that for them but you there's no guarantee that that's going to be the case and so if your son is out on his own and a limited budget and he loses a button on his work shirt, he needs to know how to put it back on so he can wear his shirt to work instead of replacing it, which is, for some people, the only option. So make sure you don't neglect things like sewing and cooking. And then, of course, there's fun homemaking classes like cake decorating. And we've had co-ops. Remember I mentioned earlier about the godly womanhood, godly manhood class. Sarah taught the girls how to do cake decorating as part of that class. So these... Life skills classes can be incorporated. The guys in that class got to learn about changing tires and fixing outlets in the kitchen. So don't forget you can slip in a lot of these life skills into other classes, especially character classes, while your kids are learning. But if you have an opportunity to get involved in or teach an enrichment class that's specifically about these subjects, sewing, cooking, cake decorating, baking, definitely take advantage of it. And, you know, don't think, don't assume kids won't be interested. We had an older lady in our church offer to teach knitting. 
And I kind of thought, knitting? Who's going to want to take knitting? I was so surprised that not only did a few of the kids really want to take knitting and learn that some other children who the younger children who were just kind of waiting for the older kids to be finished hopped into the class and really did a good job so there's so much out there to learn and you know Laura and I both believe that learning is a lifestyle and it's not just about you know okay this is school time each day but we learn everywhere we go and we want to provide opportunities for our children to learn so many different things they can learn in co-ops and support groups in church classes online at a community college in clubs um, business or community courses camps workshops that the possibilities are endless but the bottom line is that not only do we want them to learn, but we want them to get school credit for it, especially our high schoolers, you know, because they are investing like they did invest to learn sound. They did invest to serve in that way, and we want to give them a, we want to give them high school credit for that and the other kids' school credit. So when we talk about all that they've learned, many times we'll mention those things because enrichment is a very important part of our children's overall education and god bless you thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next time thank you for listening to finish well radio with meredith curtis and the finish well team Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Radio Network.